This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a preschooler. And I'm Teresa, a working mom with a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. We all need a place to vent, so don't listen with your kids because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, we test our patience and speak with Disha Filia of Co-Parenting 101. Woo! Me. <laughs> I don't know how to man out the woo as much. Mm. Um, Unless you're gonna commit to the full fledged like woo. Yeah, I know. Sort of which like, you're totally entitled to from time to time. I guess. I guess. Sometimes we just don't have it all there. Uh uh-uh. uh Speaking of having it all there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you. Yeah. Are pregnant. Yeah. Everybody knows that we're pregnant. I'm enormously huge. But, but Teresa's made the leap. <laughs> I've been waiting for this to happen, and she's made the leap into the final stretch of just you're 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 big Thank with you. child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And stop hitting me. <laughs> what nice things do you have to say about me? Um, but uh, but you're wearing it well. Thank you. Is this a new? Uh, dress? No. Okay. This conversation just went nowhere. What's going on in your life, Teresa? Besides... Really? Because I'd love to sit here and talk some more about how gigantic I am. Really? You want to move on to something else? By the way, uh, this form of communication with your friend is good in all situations. You should always be this yes. honest with your friends. Always. always pregnant or not. In public. When in others public. are listening. When many others are listening. <laughs> exactly. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Something happened last week. Ooh. Simon got bit at school. Did you punch that fucking other kid in the face we talked about it yeah we yeah, talked yeah about it but no we didn't no, we were right. very nice with him all right um but you know what's really <laughs> funny is like so i get there and they write like a little accident yeah slip, you know? yeah we get and they're like another okay simon was <laughs> simon was pushing a car another child wanted the car the other child bit simon and like simon cried for less than a minute or something we washed it and we washed the area whatever right um and so then later, so then I'm like asking his teacher about it. She's like, yeah, he did really well. He was really brave. He was like totally fine, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, and we go home and I see the mark. I mean, there's yeah. a mark. It wasn't like he broke skin or anything, but there was clearly like upper and lower jaw teeth marks on Simon's forearm. Did you make impressions so that you could follow this kid later? I know. <laughs> so then I'm like, so then I'm like asking him, I'm like, I'm like, did somebody bite you at school? And he's like... Yeah, and I'm like, who was it? <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to know. Well, the teacher should have told you who it was. Well, I, well, really, should the teacher? I would have. I, I would have asked. If, okay, if I if I was the parent of a bite, so I'm trying to like figure out how I'm trying to figure <laughs> right. out the dynamics of this. Okay, sure. This is the first time this has happened to us. I was prepared for this because a good friend of mine told me when I first put my kid in school, <laughs> they're gonna be sick all the time. They're gonna get, get get. They're gonna get. She said. She said. You know, my my. My son got bit by somebody at school, and I was like, "Oh my god, okay, that that's a thing that could happen, right?" You know? Right. And um, so, but I I I don't know what like the protocol is yeah. with that, and I wasn't sure how upset to be about it either. Like, I wasn't sure. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, because I, right. I could see that Simon was fine. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it with him because I don't want him to be freaked well, out sure. about it if he's not. But I did want to you know get the story from him and make sure he was okay and everything and he does seem okay but he's still sort of like processing what happened sure and then it was like the next day I went in and there were still some marks on his arm the next day and so I kind of was like gonna mention it with the teacher but the teacher was actually great and like first thing when we came in she checked and she's like oh there's still you know it's still there and I was like yeah you know and she's like did (laughs) she goes did he tell you who did it and I go yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, is that like a thing that's like a regular thing yeah. we're working on? Is this, this kid's special she goes, gift? Yeah. And she goes, <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. And I was like, okay. Let's try not to work on it with my kid. I know. <laughs> I know. But so it was, it, I, I think what I decided ultimately was like, 
if it happens again, I'm going to freak out. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like one of those things where I'm like, it happened one time. Like, almost anything can happen one One time time in life. And, like, life goes on and he's fine. And this other kid, every time I see that other kid at school, he's doing great he seems like a sweet kid (laughs) I don't know what I don't know what the deal is with him but like I've never you know it's not like a thing where I'm like watch out for that child it's not like you know it's so whatever some kids bite I guess I guess this is a thing some kids do bite and it's not always like my initial response is always like what the fuck is wrong with this kid you know what I mean (laughs) but but to all the parents of biters out there and since we are now now cursed to have biters as uh, our second kids um Sometimes it's just like, you know, there's hitters, there's biters, there's all this stuff. And it really does boil down to like, you know, dirt eaters, whatever. Right. All kids do stuff. And it boils down to like, are you addressing it with your kid? Right. Yeah. Um, it's not like biting Tourette's where they can't, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's something that's going to be worked out and, it, and it's probably being worked out. Sadly, yes. it just is happening to your kid. Yeah. But you're right. Second second bite though second deserves bite, a I may need I, I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to do something. Second, if it happens again, that's when I know. So this calls for some you sort teach of teach Simon to bite back. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna be, but we'll cross that bridge when we go. Right. Let's just bite the parrots. <laughs> did uh did uh Catherine Bell ever get bit? No, she has, she's never gotten bit the one time as a baby, like in a kind of like crawling baby. We were at the tot lot yeah. uh, in uh, Brooklyn at the park. It's like a dog walk, but for kids, yeah. it's just for the babies. We're there and there's some woman there as well with her kid who's like way kind of older. The kid's like, like most of the babies that are there are like babies, like mm-hmm. somewhere right before one mm-hmm. years old. And her kid's like four mm-hmm. and he's got like an airplane with him like a big plastic mm-hmm. airplane and like walks up to katie bell and <gasps> nails her in the fucking head with a oh chest throws it, and like Stefan and i are both just like what the fuck and so like, like using it as a sword or something just like i'm gonna see if this plane flies into your head and right oh and it was God. so like what what did this yeah. become like it would literally walk up throw up like, yeah. in your head yeah. so the initial, like, Katie Bell's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, like, the initial response is, you know, like, she starts crying. I grab her. She's okay. The other mother comes over and is like, is, you know, is she okay? And I'm like, well, she just had a plane thrown into her head. I mean, she seems fine. Yeah. But, like, the kid, there was no real punishment. Like, oh, don't do that. Oh, right. And then, and then the kid, she lets the kid keep playing around us. Like, with the plane and shit. And I'm like, this is just where you take your kid. Yeah. A, throwing shit at another kid is just unacceptable behavior in general. And B, if you know that your kid is a hitter or a punch, again, I firmly believe if you know your kid is this, Mm -hmm. then it's just the same responsibility if you know your kid's got a peanut fucking allergy. Right. You get your kid out of the situation or... You have to teach the kid they can't be around right. other kids. Get them away from my fucking kid. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah. I was pissed. Well, he could have been playing there without the airplane, too. Yeah, but you know he, what just, I mean? like, he just hovered near us for the rest of the time. Oh, that's weird. Like It was it was just like, you need to get your fucking kid off. Back back your kid up. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, if like if you know your kid is going to act out, like, yeah. sometimes you can't avoid going out into social situations. Right. But if you know your kid is going to act out, like, re- mitigate the damage yes. that can be done by taking away a big, heavy toy right. that could be, you know what I mean? Like, right. it doesn't have to have, if you're, you know? Yes, if you're yes, I'm not saying keep your kid locked up in the basement, <laughs> right. right? You know, but I am saying, like, the moment your kid <laughs> hits a baby in the head... And that parent has been pretty cool with you. Yeah. Your cool response is to just go to a different part of the park. It's not a big deal. Exactly. It's not a big deal. No one has to be shamed here. Whatever. How are you guys? I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. Uh, I actually, uh, today's whole topic could be on how I'm doing right now. Okay. So I'm just going to (laughs) monopolize the whole show today. Great. And we're going to talk about patience. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the host of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise.
Teresa? Yes. I find myself with very little patience these days. <laughs> and I feel like, and I, I think we, I, we need to say, this is not a show today dedicated to our children. Mm-hmm. Fuck their patience. Okay. <laughs> I think we should talk about parent patience mm-hmm. and how tested it is. At all times, and I feel at like at all times. At all times, I feel God like kids, damn it! I feel like every, every time, every turn, day and night, all the time, <laughs> even when you're sleeping. <laughs> um, but like, there's all the articles, all the like helpful whatever yeah. you know that's out there is like, don't take your kid to the grocery store. Like, help your kid, you know, travel through life. You know, and, without, and without ever getting bored, without ever or, getting bored or losing their patience yeah. or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But no one ever seems to be directing the advice to the parents per yeah. se. Yeah, you know. And so, like, if, all right, so I'll give you an example of where I am, mm-hmm. and then you fix me. Okay. Okay. So, Katie Bell's in school full time now, so she's there every day, mm-hmm. and. She's there till like four thirty. That's when she wants to stay mm-hmm. till. So that's great. And but I miss her. Mm-hmm. And so like every day I'm like, oh, what am I gonna go get her? We're gonna have this nice night, and yeah. I'm not gonna lose my patience during nighttime yeah. routine. Yeah. I'm not gonna lose my patience during toothbrushing. This is our time. You know, she's like has to conform to all these new rules. She needs to be able to be herself, and I'm gonna be totally the best mom. Yeah. And then. We're like five minutes in the door, and yeah. I'm just like, ah! Yeah. So two nights ago, it's just me and her. Stefan's out, and we've done the bath. We've made it through that. We're in her room. She's supposed to be getting her dressed in her pajamas for us to go brush teeth. And she says, I'm a ladybug. And I'm like, great. She starts talking like a ladybug, mm-hmm. and this is how she thinks a ladybug sounds. <laughs> and I'm like this. All right. You know, yeah, hey, hey all right. That's fine. Yeah. Um, all right, little ladybug. It's time to go brush your teeth. Oh. oh, no. And I'm like, what the fuck? Right? Yeah, and I'm like. Just say it in English. Now, yeah. So I, then I start going. So, like, I take approach number one, which is, like, I'll motion. It's uh-huh. time to brush teeth. But I'll, like, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And she, again, starts using this tone of, like, I don't understand what she's saying. Yeah. And I'm like. Catherine Bell, I don't understand Ladybug. Yeah. So can you use any human words to help me out? And I was like, really? This is really where we're going? So I'm like, it's like zero to a hundred for me in like less than three minutes. It escalates so fast. And I'm like, what's happening in my head is all I want to do is yell, Shut the fuck up. Stop being a fucking ladybug. Don't fucking go deep deep anymore. You fucking be Catherine Bell. We're going to go brush our fucking teeth. Like, it's like it's just like this rage. Yeah. Right? And then there's the other voice that's like, she's just being a ladybug. She's four. Yeah. This is the time to be a ladybug. Yeah. Don't squash this for her. Don't ruin this for her. What if somebody told you to stop being a ladybug? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, but all my solutions... Have kind of not worked. Mm-hmm. Like, so then it turns into, I can't understand you, little ladybug. I'm going to the bathroom to wait for you to brush teeth. You need to fly into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And again, dee, 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 Oh, my God. I start, like, yeah. crying. I start, yeah. like, tearing up. Like, yeah. it starts to get, like, because I've it's just. It's too sw- much. It's too much. Yeah. I start crying. And so. It's like, like what Ann Kramer said when she said, when you get so angry, but you can't be angry, yeah, you just she, cry. Yeah, yeah that's exactly like, what it yeah. was, and which has never happened to yeah. me in a professional situation, but yeah. boom, yeah. right here. Yeah. And like, I start crying, and I'm like, and I, I say, I need a timeout. Mama needs a timeout for a second. I'm going to yeah. go into the other room for 10 seconds, you know, and, and, and I do. And like, we wind up getting through the night, but like... That's sort of like the extreme, mm-hmm. but like even on the day to day, I go into it with this idea that I'm going to totally be able to do this, and then she just starts being a kid, you know, like right. I'm going to put my underpants on my head because it's hilarious, and right. I'm like, just put your fucking underpants on, right. <laughs> yeah, 
So that's where I am. Yeah. And it's and what I hate about it, besides losing control so quickly, mm-hmm. is that even though I'm not telling her to sh- stop fucking being a ladybug, mm-hmm. it's coming out in a different way. Mm-hmm. We're going now to right. brush our teeth. Right. Right now. And there'll be no books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is. Yeah. It turns into that really fast. Mm-hmm. And then our lovely nights right. of Mama and Katie Bell time is shot. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to blame it all on the pregnancy, but I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I don't think it is. I think children are just infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> Discussion over. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, because I'm thinking about... Like, well, Simon is still at, like, an age and size where I often have to physically bring him to brush his teeth. So it's not, but it's not, it's not that it's necessarily a battle, but I do have to, like, he's not at a developmental stage where I can be like, I'm going to go here and wait for you and he's going to come in. Like, I just often have to come over and, like, take his hand and, or just, like, put my hand gently on his back and lead him to the bathroom (laughs) because otherwise it will just never happen. Right. And, like, I, and I've heard that you should, let your child learn to listen to you and respond to that and come with their own free will (laughs) rather than like dragging them in there. Right. But otherwise, speaking of patience, I would just be fucking sitting there for 25 minutes while he did some other thing. Or forgot that he was supposed to come because that's just it. Like, you know, like like leaving in the morning, Katie Bell be like, "I, I, I need to go get my socks on and like five minutes pass. And I'm like, where are you? Yeah. And she's totally sidetracked herself into something else. Yeah. So there's like a balance. Uh, I mean, so yes. Yes, free will. Let yeah. you ch- but there's also, we have to. We just need to do this right there now. Therefore, for life. Two, three, like, four, five, six, whatever. Yeah. I'm wondering when does the day it click? 30? I don't know. Is it like 30? Because I certainly have friends, <laughs> certainly have friends who are my age. Yeah. Who equally could get lost in their bedrooms trying to put on socks. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> thinking about your story with the ladybug, I, first of all, first of all, good job. Not. No, just good job. Like, um, it sucks. It's really hard. That's the thing. Like, you, the situation you're describing, you didn't do anything wrong and she didn't do anything no, wrong. It's no. just like, that is just fucking how it is sometimes. Right. And like, I think your reaction of just like, I need a timeout was like the perfect, most appropriate thing for you to do right then. You could have like totally blown up in her face for playing that she's a ladybug and then <laughs> totally felt like shit later for that. You oh, know, yeah. and you didn't do that. So that's really good. But I think like, sometimes I like, I think about. Because I've had those moments, too, where I'm like, oh, I've had this whole day to, like, do work and, right. like, be my, you know, do my thing. I'm going to pick him up. It's going to be so, I missed him. I'm where It's going to be so great. And, like, <laughs> anytime I set up expectations like mm. that, it gets destroyed. Like, I feel like the only way my, like, thing things go, quote, unquote, well or, like, as well as they could with, yeah. between me and Simon is if I literally have no expectations and we just go about the day and I'm fully in the moment. Like, it's so hard. And that, it's it is fully, so hard. It's like, the fully in the moment. And you're right. That's it. And I can remember, I feel like it was easier for me to have those moments of stop. Yeah. Let's get in the moment. Yeah. There is no phone. There are, is no chore list. There is no cleaning. Yeah. There is no, like, folding this laundry. There is no, like, whatever the little thing is that I get distracted with, uh-huh. it is just, we are going to sit in this room and we're going to sort these beads. Like, whatever uh-huh. it is that she wants to do. And yeah. I can remember, you know, up until three or so, uh, you know, having those moments where you, and it does feel really good when you, like, let go and you're really there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've just lost that. Well, but I don't think you necessarily have to just, to be in the moment, I don't think you have to, like, shirk every other responsibility that you have. Because, like, let's face it, you 
sometimes you do have to clear the dishwasher. Right. Like sometimes you do need to go to the grocery store with them. Sometimes you sometimes they just have to brush their teeth so they can get in bed. Like right. you can't always just like drop everything and just be with them. But but I think there is something about like especially when you have time apart, mm-hmm. the anticipation and missing them and the guilt of yeah. that is like just sort of sets you up for this feeling of like it's gonna be really good. And like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and then somehow... we get in the car and she has to like O C D style put on every piece of jewelry that she left in the car before right. she sits in the car seat. You know, my gloves, the run to the twenty-three rings, the necklace and the fifteen <laughs> necklaces, the bracelets, the this. And did you and you're like, yeah. I'm standing in the hot sun, I just wanna get in the car, like yeah. ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's immediately yeah. a wash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. I went to um and like a like an introductory like orientation parent night thing at a preschool oh, yeah. um a couple months ago and one of the things they talked about was kind of this topic of patience and they were yeah. like they were like, Look, you know, you don't have the time to you're rushing off to work. You don't have the time to like sit there with your kid and work through like getting them to do such and such on their own and explaining why it's necessary for right. them to, and like really like working out this stuff with them. But we're here with them all day. We have all day to work this stuff out with them. Right. And I was kind of like, well, hey, my job isn't just to rush off to work. <laughs> like, I know. I, you know what I mean? I know. But it was like, it was, it was kind of interesting because, cause like the point that she was trying to make was like, the point of preschool is like to teach is like is because you're paying the people to like to teach just them fucking these... sit there with yeah. them and like they're not rushing off anywhere they don't have an agenda they don't have anything else they need to accomplish that right. day except sorting the beads or whatever right right and like they have all the time in the world to like work through a conflict with with your kid but and like I'm supposed I to know. work through that guy. I know. Well that's the thing. I was really <laughs> torn about it because I was like, well, I want to work through the stuff, you know, but it right. is also true. Like and I think I mean it's got there's gotta be maybe a balance because it's like it's true that like no. yeah, we there no balances in we life should, anymore. <laughs> we should be able to like sometimes set things aside and just deal with stuff. Right. But other times, no. Your kid does kind of have to learn. We're not just going to drop everything and yes. work something out. Like, life does go on, and you need to just go brush your teeth and get ready for bed, regardless of whether you're a ladybug and regardless of whether I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like... I just gotta, I gotta just... But I need to figure out how to... I guess it's how to prepare my... It's just like we said at the beginning of the show, you know, not to take your kid to the grocery store at nap time. Mm-hmm. What's my version of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Uh-huh. So, like, there's no, like, I'm trying to figure out how, where's is, my Because is it still part of the transition of her coming home from school? Is that why? I don't know. I mean, she now wants It to might be- just be because you have less energy because you're pregnant. I mean. So I should probably go back and blame this on pregnancy now? <laughs> well, in a way. I mean, because I think, a, I, like, I think the reason you got so upset was because you, like, were so looking forward to being with her and you were disappointed that, like, it wasn't going as great as you... You know what I mean? And I don't want to be a ladybug. But, no, it's like, you were disappointed, like, you had these right. expectations for yourself, and, like, that is a really emotional thing. And, like, I... It, right. That is a hormone... Like, it's a pregnancy thing. It's, like, God, that's why what? it's a joke, because it's I think, real. I think I'm having some sort of clarity moment listening to you, <laughs> and that is... May, sort of like <laughs> dealing with Katie Bell, realizing things that may be going on with her mm-hmm. without knowing it. Maybe this is going on with me, but... There's such a difference in how she interacts now versus a year ago. Oh. You know what I mean? Because she now is more active, more verbal. She does have a million things in her head. Mm-hmm. And she's not my, I mean, she's still my sweet, perfect baby girl. Mm-hmm. But she's not my sweet, perfect baby girl who's listening to me the entire time. Right. And who I can just scoop up and yeah, take in exactly. to brush teeth. Right, exactly. And now she is becoming even more of this person. And ma- Ugh. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not, I'm, maybe I'm grieving a little yeah. bit for, I'm now, I now have a kid yeah. as opposed to my baby. Yeah. She'll always be my baby. She'll be like right. 40 years old. She'll be my baby. Right. Um, but like. Yeah. It's a new uh, stage. It is. And it's it not a necessarily stage. as fun. A, I mean, it could be a fun stage. Right. 
but it doesn't feel like it right now. Right, yeah, not right now. It will be a fun stage, I think, but it's just... But not... not. Well, it's the transition. Transitions are just really, really hard. And it is really complicated when you, I think, when you're having another kid. Because, I mean, Simon and I are going through a transition right now, too, and it's like... It's the same thing where it's like it's it's delightful and it's it's exactly right. It's what should be happening. He's growing up. Right. But it's still <laughs> totally painful. And like for some reason knowing that there's another baby coming, like it it's in a weird way a slight comfort, but in another weird way it's slightly upsetting because it's like, well, nothing will ever replace the time that he was a baby. Right. Well, but maybe the patient's patient's problem stems from sorting some stuff out we're not aware of. Of There is, it's about to get way more rushed. It is. And the special time that you do have with the child, the first child there is about to get rushed even more. There is definitely that. And I I think all of this aside, I'm going to go back to the very beginning when I said children are infuriating and it's just really hard to be patient. Oh, patience. (laughs) I have none. This is Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. This is Ricky Carmona. And we have a great action and sci-fi movie podcast. That's right, great, on the Maximum Fun Network. It is called Wham Bam Pow. Every week we review an amazing movie about blow em ups Smash we call em ups. it a dick flick. Yeah, we do. And you can tune in to the movies on Netflix Watch Instant. Maybe they're in theaters. It's going to change your life. <laughs> you can subscribe on iTunes or listen at MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius time! Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my god, that's fucking genius. What you got? I keep a box of Kleenex in every single room in my house. Oh. Um, which is probably wasteful. But <laughs> but I always need Kleenex for something. Yeah. And especially with pregnancy, it's very Mm. common to have like more nasal congestion. Yes. Um, But like Simon's always sick. Well, you know, somebody in our house always needs Kleenex. Right. And instead of having to like go search for Kleenex, (laughs) like in the other, you know, in the other room or like go to the bathroom and use toilet paper or whatever. It's delightful to just have a box there in every room and just always have Kleenex whenever you need it. That is both genius and classy because we totally have the toilet paper. <laughs> I like totally have the roll of toilet paper next to my bed. No, that's good. It's just like it's a really easy thing that you can do to make your life easier. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to present this week's genius and fails called the most practical genius and fails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's very, very genius. Thank you. That is good. Thanks. We bought a house. Woo! Yes, it is. Congratulations. <laughs> Cram it in before you have the baby. Um, and the genius element of this, besides not buying a shithole, <laughs> mm-hmm. is we're giving up. We gave ourselves like a month, like a full month before we had to move in. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like you close escrow and the movers are going to be there two days later. Not like the way we did not it, like which, which was that you close escrow and you move in the next day. <laughs> the next day, yes. But we've given ourselves the time to do the minor repairs that we want to do yeah. and to like kind of just, which is good because Stefan started working like a crazy person. Yeah. I haven't seen him in like a week and a half. Yeah. You so you're doing I mean? all the repairs yourself. I am like, I, yes. <laughs> Pregnant ass me am under there like like adding the weights to the kitchen dry the kitchen uh, faucet that the guy didn't like properly weight down anyway yes yes so that was it so just just that we gave ourselves the time good job 
I'll talk to you in a month to let you know if it was at all helpful or okay. successful. Hi, I'm calling with a genius moment. Um, <laughs> I recently discovered that my 17-month-old son will stay occupied for quite a while with a giant bowl, some ice, and a spoon or two. Mm. So tonight, my husband's gone until really late, and I really, really needed to take a shower. And since he's not sleeping well, I don't trust that I could take a shower peacefully after he goes to bed. I think he would wake up and uh, and uh, ruin that. So I needed a shower. I wanted a shower. It's cold. And I said, I'm going to take a shower. And I brought him in the bathtub with me and his bowl of ice. And I stripped him down and he sat in the bathtub and played and played with it while I took my shower. And it was awesome. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Good job. Good job. That is good. That's yeah, like two really geniuses good. in one. It is, yeah. The bowl of ice is totally genius. Yep. And and then to actually coordinate it with a bath. And good job. yeah, and to be able to take your shower when you're Kids. by yourself with your kid. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Good job. Teresa. Fail. 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 You suck. Yeah. Make me feel better. Okay. I just want to remind everyone that I'm... Not to call child services. (laughs) That I'm I'm 33 weeks pregnant. (laughs) I sat in a chair at home yesterday and it broke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so not making that up. And it's I'm not so like, happy that I started the show with like, hey, Teresa, I you know. just got bigger. You had no idea I this was coming. I had no coming. idea this was coming. Literally broke a like big, like mid-century modern, like big, <laughs> oh, like stuffed, you know, wooden, yeah, yeah. like older, but in good shape, very sturdy. <laughs> it is broken. Oh. And it's now on its side. Oh, that's the worst. That's so bad. I I have that impending sense of doom (laughs) all the time. And so that is the worst. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Happened. Mm. What do you got? Well, clearly my fail is now starting the show off saying that you got bigger. Uh, My fail, yeah, is not being a very good friend. Now, my fail is last week, I came here to do the show. Mm-hmm. We did the exact same routine I do every time, find my parking space, mm-hmm. come in, do the whole thing. I left the show last week and, like, literally walking right out the building, turned to go to the car and think to myself, I never paid the parking meter. Oh. I know I'm going to walk over to that car and there's going to be a big ticket. Was that the day we parked near each other? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. my fault for distracting no, you. No, no. I every I'm, I'm here like twice a week. Yeah. I should know yeah. to do this. God. And I totally got the parking ticket. You're super brain. I'm super brain. Super brain. This is a genius moment of my daughter's and a fail moment of my own. We were at a play place, playing in the playground, and my daughter, who's an extrovert, and I'm an introvert, she met a friend. She saw the mom, the friend's mom, and she said, Oh, hi. You're a mom? I have a mom. Her name's Mary. You should be her friend. <laughs> and I felt really embarrassed that my daughter was a better friend maker than I was. <laughs> Aww. That's so cute. That is. You're raising. While you're you're, you're failing. That's right. While you're failing, you can at least be happy in the thought that you're raising a good kid. Oh, yeah. Um, That's really sweet. Oh, that is sweet. (laughs) I mean, you suck. Don't worry. You totally failed. But uh, you have no friends, and everybody knows it, including your own child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hang on there, mom. Yeah. It's okay. Um, Oh, speaking of fails hmm. and genius moments, we do want to encourage, remind you to keep calling in. I don't know what's wrong with you parents out there, but there have been I've been getting a lot of genius moments. Oh. I don't believe it. We're, we're running low on fails. We need some fails. We are running seriously low on fails. So uh, give it up. Give up the goods. Give up the goods. 206-350-9485. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you.
Yes. Let's call a mom. Yeah. <laughs> this week, we are calling Disha Filia, co-author of Co-Parenting 101, Helping Your Kids Thrive in Two Households After Divorce. She has written for Parents Action for Children, Essence Magazine, Wonder Time, and reviewed books for The Washington Post. She holds a BA in economics from Yale University and a master's degree in education, which beats the heck out of my theater degree from a medical university. <laughs> Welcome, Disha. <laughs> Thank you. And you didn't mention that I wrote for Bitch Magazine. I'm I know. Sure. Well, see, I'm so scared. You know, I actually found you via um, Bitch Magazine, via an article that I think is maybe a couple of years old mm -hmm. uh, about uh, parenting books and African American mm -hmm. writers, because the discussion had come up on one of our Facebook page on our Facebook page, and I came across you, and I was like, "Oh, and co-parenting, this is great." But I, I, I that's totally a separate show for us today. <laughs> <laughs> today we are going to just tackle the co-parenting. But she does write for Bitch Magazine, right. and I highly, re I actually linked that article uh, on our Facebook page, and I'll relink it because that was a couple of months oh, cool. ago. But I'll relink it as well when we're when okay. we're linking things because it was a really great article on uh, parenting. Thank books. you. But let's start off. We're going to start off with before we even talk about the book. We're going to start off with a question that we ask all of our guests who come on, and that is. Who lives in your house? Okay, my answer kind of requires a flowchart. So, <laughs> I live, I live <laughs> primarily in Pittsburgh, okay. in a house primarily with my two daughters. Taylor is 14 and Peyton is 9, almost 10. So, so you're and, in the happy age. <laughs> yes, so that's one house. And then um, sometimes I live in... Maryland with my husband because my husband lives and works in Maryland and we are both co-parenting. So we met and we're both co-parenting and we wanted to get married, but neither of us wanted to be a parent that wasn't in proximity to their kids. So we figured we dated long distance for three years. We could be married long distance. So in that house, there's a husband, a husband, my husband, um, <laughs> <not anybody else. laughs> and, um, and then I have two bonus daughters who are 14 and now 17. Wow. Okay. Wow. 14 and 17. So all girls. I like bonus daughters. I like, I like your bonus description daughters. That's right. as yeah. bonus daughters. That's, That's really good. cool. So I, this, this may be, you may be the first guest that does not prompt the question, do you have any pets? Because that already <laughs> sounds complicated enough. Um, we, that, we do have pets across two households as well. <laughs> in the Pittsburgh house. We have two pugs, Fudge and Caramel, and then in Maryland we have Mo, who is an old English bulldog, and wait, wait for it, Mo used to belong to my ex-husband and his wife. <laughs> and this is this is truly we are tackling so many different <laughs> and you and you sound so healthy. Yeah, you sound fine. <laughs> I I am there already wine. There's wine. Oh well, that yeah, you're on the East Coast. You get to have wine now. That's totally that does make a huge difference. All right. Well, while while what you have just described prompts about 32 questions totally unrelated possibly to the book uh, i'm going to jump back to an initial question to just sort of help our listeners uh get to know you a little bit and that is i what is you wrote the book with your ex-husband and yeah. i have to ask what did you find like there's two sort of questions here one it's okay. complicated enough trying to i think set up co-parenting a co-parenting lifestyle with somebody that mm -hmm. you no longer want to be in a relationship with on that level. And then, right. well, I mean, whatever level that was. And <laughs> then trying to write a book together is like, <laughs> it just seems like <laughs> lemon in a wound. I mean, yeah. it just seems like, so, so I guess the two questions are one, how'd that work out? And two, uh, what, was it something that you guys were able to, did it come about right away or did it come about a couple of years later? I mean, like, how did this, how did this start? Okay. Yeah, it came about um, after some years because definitely, you know, <laughs> in the beginning, things are really 
you know, raw and ugly and, um, you know, just, it was no different for us than I think for most people in the very beginning. And then it became, there was a process of, you know, like how do we sort of move past this? And we didn't have a conversation that said, you know, okay, now we're going to move past this. You know, we, you know, I know people who do co-parenting counseling with their ex and, you know, we never did that. We kind of had to do our own separate things and we had personal boundaries in terms of, you know, his life was his life and my life was my life. But, you know, in having conversations since then, you know, I know that we both, you know, did some, you know, formal therapy. We both had good friends to lean on and then, you know, it took time as well. But initially, you know, there was this awkwardness. Um, but the one thing that we've always been on the same page about was our kids. And so mm-hmm. on some level, it was a relief in that, I mean, not the divorce was a relief, but it was a relief in that, you know, all we had to do was deal with the kids. We didn't have to deal with our expectations of each other or whether those expectations or needs were met. It was just about the kids. And I've always respected him as a dad. He's always respected me as a mom. And it was like, okay, this part we can do. Um, but even with that, it took time, you know, being in the same space together and spending time with the kids. But, you know, it was for them, you know. So in the, initial, in the beginning, we were really formal. And, you know, once a month or something, I think we tried to get together and have dinner, all of us together. And, um, you know, those kinds of things that over time, it got more comfortable to do that. And then as far as the book, um, it was actually his idea. And because people would say, you guys are, you know, doing so great and your kids are getting along and you're not trying to kill each other. You know, you should write a book. Like you're like the poster children for divorce. And, you know, we didn't set out to be that. It would have been nice <laughs> to be, you know, the poster children for marriage. But, um, you know, so that people would really compliment us um, on how well things seem to be going. And so um, my ex, Mike, said, you know, maybe you should write a book because I'm a writer. He's a banker. And I said, well, you know, what if we wrote a book? Because I thought that it would be more impactful coming from the two of us together. And it is. So Yeah, yeah, so that's what I thought. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So he said, well, how do you write, you know, what do you do to write a book? And it wasn't an obvious question for me because I, even though I was a writer, I was freelancing. I wasn't writing um, you know, non, you know, thinking of writing a nonfiction book. So in the course of my research of, well, how do you write a nonfiction book? You know, you need a platform and a proposal and all these things. And everything said, you've got to be in social media. You've got to have a blog. So I said, okay, well, let's start a blog. And so we started a blog mm. and it was like, okay, what do we put on this blog? <laughs> and then over time we realized that, you know, people didn't want to see, um, you know, articles about co-parenting, you know, thus linking to that. And then even writing about our own experiences weren't all that interesting because you could easily come across like, hey, look at us. We're so cool and co-parenting and why aren't you? You know, that's <laughs> not what we wanted either. So um, our web designer turned us on to analytics where you can look and see how people are coming to your site, like what's bringing them there. And so we thought when we looked, it was going to be like, how do I co-parent with this jerk? You know, how do I, you know, how do I function when I hate my co-parent or whatever? And there was some of that stuff. But. of the traffic coming to our site from keyword searches on Google was some variation of my boyfriend, his kids, and his ex. Hmm. And it was, so we weren't even getting co-parents. We were getting women dating co-parenting men. And so that kind of clued us in to like look at the analytics and see, well, what do people want to know about? And that's the stuff we should put in the book. Nobody wants to hear about us. Um, you know, it belongs beyond the novelty of it. Right. Um, you know, people want to know, like, how do I handle the fact that my ex doesn't have a bedtime at his house or at her house? Or how do I handle that my ex is, you know, every girlfriend he, you know, he has every, you know, they meet the kids, you know, they, people wanted that kind of support and not just hearing from us saying, well, this is what we would do, or this is what we did, but hearing from other co-parents. So we've always had guest guest posts and people saying, well, you know, this is what we did. So we gathered all of that up over the course of, you know, we started the blog in 2008. Um, We separated in 2005 and sold the book in 2011. And it came out in 2013, came out earlier this year. Yeah. So all of that you know, stuff that we've learned from other people and that other parents have shared via the site or through Twitter or Facebook. We put all of that in the book and we hope that it'll be a resource for people who can look up, you know, certain things, you know, what do I do before I call an attorney or, you know, how do I write a shared parenting plan? Things yeah, like that. Well, well, that's now, well, okay. Well, that leads us sort of to the next question, which is, you know, without going through the whole book, like for people who are, you know, sort of going through this right now, 
you know, mm-hmm. what are a key couple? What do you recommend as a couple of like, okay, once you clear your head <laughs> of, the, right. of whatever you're going through or while simultaneously clearing your head, you know, what are some helpful pieces of like steps for them to do? I mean, do you, I mean, cause you, you make recommendations in the book, but I know each scenario is different. So it's like, you know, do mm-hmm. you, you know, is it possible to really attack a game plan before a divorce goes through? Is it better to wait a couple of years? It, it, at best, should you just be like, we'd like to do this one day and then run screaming from each other? <laughs> what, like, what, what's some good, um, what are some good thoughts on that? I think one of the things um, that might be doable in the very beginning, because, you know, people are really angry at each other and just raging at each other, is not think about, you know, okay, I'm going to commit to co-parenting with you and, you know, they're going to be like unicorns and roses. (laughs) We don't want to do that. But what people are willing to do for the most part is they do want to commit to their kids. Right. And and that's the the appeal is to think about, well, what is it that you can do for your kids? You're not doing this to make life easier for your ex. You're not trying to let them off the hook for whatever they did. But what is it that your kids need? And that's where we started. That's where we started. When we, even when we lived under the same roof, but we knew that we were going to separate, is that was the commitment that we made not to each other, but to our kids. I mean, you know, we said it to each other and talked about, you know, we don't want to make this harder for them than it is. Like, this is this you know, terrible thing that we're about to do to them from their perspective. So how can we make this not more terrible than it has to be? And so that's where we started. And the other commitment in that same vein was recognizing that the relationship that the parent, other parent has with the child, that's just sacred. You know, the other person could have been a horrible jerk of a spouse, but a great mom, a great dad, and not to confuse those two things. Um, Yeah. And so I think that, that's, a, that's kind of foundational, and you do that for your own peace of mind and sanity, and you do that for your kid. You're not doing that for the other person. And I think that's the, the hard thing about when you're going through a divorce, you know, the, the whole system is adversarial. So it's you versus this other person, <laughs> and you have to back away from that thinking when it comes to your kids because you're essentially on the same side. If you're still, you know, parenting with this person, you're on your kid's side. So it's kind of counter to everything else that you're doing, but really keeping those things kind of separate. And that's what we did. I mean, we had all this legal stuff going on and phone calls and nasty emails and all of this stuff. But, you know, our kids were shielded from that. So I think that's that's the first piece. (laughs) That sounds hard. (laughs) It really, really is. It it really, really is. But it's the love for your kid. Because we don't think loving our kid is hard. It's not wanting to pummel this other person or, you know, make them pay or, you know, some people do the whole thing. Well, if you did this to me, then you don't deserve to be, you know, a parent. And that's where it gets really kind of ugly. Um, so trying to sort of just take a step back, um, from that posture of, you know, I'm going to use this divorce. I'm going to use the kids to get back at this person or kind of, you know, get my, you know, vengeance or I've been done wrong. And, you know, and, and certainly all of that has to be processed is just in a different lane. And well, that's the it, hardest piece, I think. Is it something that people can come to later after a separation mm-hmm. as opposed to, yes. I mean, is it? They can come to it later. And sometimes if they really listen to their kids, your kid, you know, I keep bringing, coming back to the kids. They will bring you there. Like I, I think of a mom who she said, you know, her ex, left her for someone else, left the house, never told the kids he wasn't coming back. Like, everything he could do wrong, he did. Left her holding the bag financially, left left her holding the bag where the kids were mm-hmm. concerned, and then, you know, told the kids horrible things about her. Like, you know, she no jury would convict if, if, if there were, you know, a, a crime of passion there. But <laughs> when that happened, you know, she kind of went, <laughs> she went with it, too. And, you know, she would tell the kids things about him. And, you know, right. it was, you know, she just they were both really making things hard for the kids. And finally, her son said to her, can you please just stop it? Yeah. Can you just stop? And she said that was such a wake-up call for her because she wasn't thinking about the fact that she was hurting her son. She was defending herself. She was defending herself as a mother because he was portraying her as a bad mom and all of these other things. And that is what her wake-up call was. You know, for different people, it's it's something else. But, yes, time and process 
Um, you know, I heard from a woman who said, it's been seven years and now we can be in the same room. And so once uh, the woman whose son said, you know, can you stop it, um, she stopped it. She made a promise to her kids that she would not continue to put them in the middle that way. Her ex didn't stop. Um, and I think that's another point worth mentioning, which is it's, it's important even that your kids have that one parent who is going to make their home peaceful and drama-free as much as they can and mm-hmm. do, you know, the things that they can to protect their kids, not using them as messengers that, you know, can, you can feel like, well, I'm the only one doing this. Why do I have to be the bigger person? And, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it actually right? makes a difference to kids to know, like, you know, I, I don't have to deal with this in both my houses. At least in this house, I can get a break. Well, you sort of um, have this mantra you know, in this book that you come back to sometimes about, it's not about you, that I, I, I that just clicked so much with me because I, I think it's such a universal mantra, not only for people in this scenario, but all parents in every scenario, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of just like, it, it, and it's probably one of the hardest things to tackle as a parent to separate yourself from mm-hmm. from whatever you're going through, whatever it is, you know, from uh, your kid a little bit and that it's not, no, your mm-hmm. kid doesn't care. Because they're a oh, kid. Yeah. Yeah. They don't care that you were mad or unhappy or sad or that, you know, somebody was a jerk to you or somebody was like, they're yeah. not your friend. Or maybe they care, but they don't benefit from knowing about it. Right. <laughs> and it's not their job. I mean, their job is not to, to per se take care of you, especially, at, you know, mm-hmm. at a certain age. It's, you know, you had a hard day. Too fucking bad. <laughs> You're still the mom. Right. You're still the dad. You're still the whatever. You know, and, like, right. and I think that, that that's the difference. It's we we need to be honest with our kids and say, I'm having a bad day yeah. or I didn't handle that as well as I'd like to because they need to see how then we handle these things, how we make amends, how you know, that we are human. I think there's a difference between making them aware because it doesn't help them pretend like everything's right. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, right. making them aware versus making them shoulder the burden. Right. You know, it's their job. Um, to make it better that's in a some big way. difference. Yeah. All right. Well, so here's a question. So <laughs> we've been recently with a lot of our guests in different scenarios uh, have come up with a new question that's been coming out. And that is, well, what makes you so special? <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's, and I think in this situation of co-parenting, I can remember Teresa and I were having this conversation before the show about like, you know, growing up and like knowing people who came from divorced families or, you know, having friends now who are divorced with kids, you know, there's sort of this like, you know, oh, life must be so much harder, you know, like this, is, you know, like life is, you know, so complicated and the children are such a disadvantage and the parents are such a... But at the same time, after reading your book, I was like, uh, like almost all of this applies to my marriage, you know, like co-parenting. Co-parenting wow. is equally... I am co-parenting with my husband, and there are, and we were wondering, are there advantages to co-parenting, like, as two separate people, no longer married, being divorced parents? Are there advantages to that that, uh, and I could probably list about 20 off the top of my head, (laughs) but I'm going to let you answer the question, uh, that you get to reap as a result of being in this scenario, especially if it's a healthy co-parenting scenario. Or is that just bullshit that that we're telling ourselves because (laughs) (laughs) we don't know what it's like and we're trying to make ourselves feel better. That's right, which is usually where most of it stems from. (laughs) Well, you know, I I hear from people... You know, one of the best comments I ever got on our site is from someone who describes herself as a lesbian housewife. And she was like, you remind me that the grass is not always greener. This is this site is good for my marriage. Mm. You know, so, you know, so I think she's (laughs) echoing what you're saying. Um, Yeah. But our, you know, I think that the benefit um, that uh, I hear from a lot of women in particular is that when co-parenting works um, well, and sometimes even when it doesn't work so well, that dads who may not have been involved during the marriage are all of a sudden yeah. they step up and they are doing things that they would not have done or had to do had the, the family stayed in, you know, one household. And then I hear from dads and, you know, cause we think, you know, that we've got it all together and you know, the dads <laughs> are just like bumbling, but the dads are saying, you know what, in my marriage, I wasn't given a chance yeah. to parent. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. and finally they can do things their way and there's nobody there, you know, hovering and second guessing and all of that. And so, you know, it's making them, you know, be the, or allowing them rather to be the dads that they want to be. So, you know, so that I would say that that's one of um, one of the benefits. And then the other thing is that, you know, we hear from people all the time that will say as adults, you know, I wish my parents um, had gotten a divorce um, and then maybe... <laughs> Yeah. You know, they would have been able to have two healthy households for us instead of one really sad, you know, <laughs> household that felt scary and unsafe. Right. And so, right. you know, sometimes um, in the course of getting a divorce, with all of the hardship that comes with it and all of the hurt, there, but there is a space where parents can be free or freer to be who they, their kids need them to be. Uh, yes. No. Good. So we were right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I bet that the communication level is so much better because you know because they, it's very easy for people to get married who are married to fall into routines. Yeah, and mm-hmm. one of those, one of the routines that's easiest to fall into is poor communication and assuming. And mm-hmm. you know, I was, you know, you guys, I know you and your uh, ex husband share a calendar that, like, so that you guys know oh, what's yeah. going on and know what's going on with the kids all the time and I was like that is just a good idea yeah. in general and, and now and I share that we, we have a calendar and then when he got married and when I got married um, we added our spouses to that calendar mm-hmm. and now two of our three teenagers have access to that calendar so it, you know it's a good family practice but again there's compromise because you know with all these people I mean there are eight of us Wait, no, nine now. That's I a think. Lot, it's a I lot of people. That. That's and a dogs. lot of people. And dogs. That's a lot of people and dogs. <laughs> That's nine now. <laughs> That's a lot of people with a lot of needs and schedules and all of that. And so, you know, given all of that, you know, you ha- there has to be some degree of compromise. You have to be organized in terms of, you know, keeping to the schedule and understanding, <laughs> you know, flexibility. Such, so it's it's they, a lot. You are <laughs> such a better person than I am right now. I'm just like, <laughs> You know, that is, I would say, that is inspiring. Yeah, it is. It really is inspiring. Disha, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was just as insightful and as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Oh, thank you for having me. And I, I, um, we really appreciate it. And we're going to link everybody to the website, coparenting101.org, which is an amazing site. It really is great. Uh, we really recommend the book to people, Coparenting 101. And I, again, it is a great resource, I think, for people who are going through the situation or are thinking about trying to mm-hmm. tackle something like co-parenting, as well as something that was really helpful for people who are still in marriages. I mean, because you're all, everybody's co-parenting. Or you're hoping mm-hmm. that that's the ultimate goal. And so right. we just really want to appreciate you coming. And uh, we will talk to you soon again, I hope. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 When you I was awesome so awesome <laughs> so like insightful and the the like the focusing on your kids focusing. is totally like totally works in many kinds of conflict that you could be having at home that's Just, right and remember in general even like the smallest conflicts that we have like i, I let's say in a relationship in a, in a married relationship it has nothing to do with how you raise your kid. It's separate. Mm-hmm. It, or it can be mm-hmm. separate. It's not always separate, but it can be separate. And it's just such good advice for people who are going through this. And I, I think just awesome. Yeah. I just loved her. Yeah. That was great. But as always, when we're feeling so good about moms doing great mom things, we should listen to some poor mom have a horrible breakdown. <laughs> keep it Keep it real. Hello. I have a small rant. A couple (laughs) of times I've gone on Meetup and some other websites to find some mom friends. And they say, join us for a play date at the playground or the library or something. So I take my two young kids and we go and I find the other moms and they seem really nice. (laughs) And then about a couple minutes after I get there, they go off 
into the play place or onto the playground uh, with their kids and just stay with their kids the whole time. And I don't get it. (laughs) Don't you want to sit around and talk with a mom? Don't you play with your kids all day, every day? Uh, It's really annoying. I just want to be an adult and talk to other moms and talk about adult things while our kids, you know, fall off the playground stuff. (laughs) It scrapes knees. Is it too much to ask for? That yes. is funny. <laughs> that is really, really funny. That's great. It's like... It's such a good point. It's <laughs> yeah. such a good point. Well, you know, I think a lot of people, like, if they're shy or something, it's, like, easier to just go follow your kid. But it's right. <laughs> then, like, why are you there? Yeah, it's why like, are you there? Like, I mean, like, Why once... are we getting together if we're not getting together? Yeah. I mean, I get, like, maybe we should kind of, like, deal with, interact with our kids to help them interact with each other. Yeah. But, like, the moment neither one are hitting each other, we, it's a chance yeah. to talk. Yeah, yeah, this is your one opportunity to have an adult conversation <laughs> while being horribly distracted at the same time right. and no one look at you cross-eyed. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good rant. Good one. Oh, I appreciated that. That was very man. good. You need to go to like a bar. A bar. Yeah, like go to like a bar with a play area. <laughs> those right. exist, right? You, know, well, you should just be those crazy people in New York that bring the playpens to the bars now. Is that a thing? Have you not heard that? What? Somebody showed up at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon or 4 o'clock in the It was like still early. So it wasn't uh-huh. like, you know, nighttime. Yeah. Like bar time. But they just brought their like. like pack and play or Pack something? and play or whatever. Something like that to the bar and put their kid in it with the bar. And like it was just like all over every Oh, my God. Baby to a bar with the pack and play. It's blah, like blah, a blah, sit-in. Blah. Well, I was just like, no, actually, that's genius. Yeah, it's pretty genius. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty genius. I think it's pretty genius. Um. Well, hang in there, Mom. Yeah. Hang in there. So we've learned so much today. Yeah, what did we learn? Biting. Biting is good. Biting no. happens. Biting ha- no, biting's not good. Biting happens. <laughs> patience doesn't happen. Patience is really <laughs> difficult. We struggle with patience. <laughs> uh, there are much better moms out there than us. And once mm-hmm. again, we had one on the show. Yeah. <laughs> she was amazing yeah. uh, a, a, but, and serves as a wonderful reminder that, you know, we did have kids and they they're with us. They are with us and they're kind of our responsibility (laughs) to try and do a good job, including them and making them feel good. And we've learned that uh, once again, meet up play dates. Mm-hmm. run the risk of being awful all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we should still keep trying. We should still keep trying. We should keep trying in all efforts. Yes. It, today's show, actually, it, it, I think it did serve to me as a good reminder that, one, things may be going on with you that you're not aware of, mm-hmm. okay? And you should give yourself the time to accept those things. Uh-huh. And I'm going to keep using the universal use and days. And things. And it's really me. Yeah. <laughs> and that... This is hard. Yeah. This is, in fact, hard. Right. Big surprise. There's no, like, easy answer. Like, oh, if you just did this, it'd be different. We're always going to have stuff going on that's difficult in our lives. Uh, There's always going to be challenges. And now that we're the parents, we can no longer be the kids who are like, somebody take care of this. I don't want to deal with this emotional growth. (laughs) Um, But to allow yourself the time to do that and to allow the people around you the time to do that. So, like, you know, you, you can't stay stuck in a rut, especially emotionally uh, and, and developmentally. You got to work past the problems that you're having so that you can provide a healthy environment for yourself and your kids. And sometimes that means allowing your partner or your spouse or whoever you're co-parenting with or pretty much anybody in your life to go through that and be supportive. Try not to feel like shit for doing it. But you're doing a good job. Yeah. And I think even more... I feel like we need to be telling each other we're doing a good job. Yeah. Even more. Really push it. Push it, people. So, Teresa. Yes? You are doing a really, you really are doing a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. Biz, you're really doing a good job, too. (laughs) I'm going to believe you today. You are? Oh, my God. I know. I'm going to believe you today. This is a special day. I'm pulling it out this week. Okay. Don't worry. Next week, something will happen. (laughs) I'll go back to to, uh, to not believing. But uh, you know what? I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Yeah, you are. You're doing a really good job. I totally dealt with that fucking ladybug thing. Yeah, you totally. You just knocked it out of the park. I nailed it. Yep. Uh, So keep nailing it, everybody. 
Yeah, good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206 206- 350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, buzzer by not low down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.